You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Welcome back to another episode of Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. My name is Christine, and I am back with the same people that were recording the last uh, podcast that we had on comics, and this one's going to be uh, about the comics as well. I'll get into more detail uh, on that, but first, please introduce yourselves, ladies. Hi, I'm Casey. Great to be back talking with you guys about Daredevil Comics. Hey, Shelby here. Good to have you back, both of you. Um, and as I mentioned, we talked, uh, we did the former episode where we talked about the comics side of things. And uh, for this episode, we're actually discussing the current run of the comics, um, which is, uh, you know, written by Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> and it's got various artists working on it. But uh, Marco Ticetto is the most prominent one. And I guess sort of the main uh, artist on this run. And uh, we are now, I think, about 25 issues into the run. So that's a nice even number to start talking about it. And it's been, I mean, it's been coming out now for a couple of years. So I think both uh, Shelby and I had mentioned some stuff from from the, the first issue. Oh, yeah. And I just want to say that this run, like, came at the perfect time. Like, what was it, like three months after the show had been canceled? And we were all mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, we were sad. And it gave us something to look forward to but still like you're always when a new run starts you're like hey is it i don't know um <laughs> how's it gonna be but i think there were some little sneak peeks and i don't know if you guys look at that i'm bad about looking at the spoilery stuff and so i knew it was gonna be pretty if nothing else if you have not i don't i guess the director's cut of this issue is still available that's where there's like a side-by-side -side, like black and white and color issue there's chips i think a script in the back of like commentary yeah. it's, it's just like a director's cut of a dvd and it's worth the like seven bucks eight bucks my favorite moment or my standout moment from this issue and it's probably still my favorite issue of the run is just the last full page so <laughs> if you yeah. don't have it get it out now turn <laughs> to that page <laughs> and just just look at it it is um Bloody Matt, like half-dressed, still as Daredevil. There's like a billy club on the bed. The sheets are bloody. Uh, the mask is on the floor. And as we're, we're seeing, like, Matt passed out as Daredevil because he has just, like, struggled in this huge fight. And um, we get the news that the person that he has beat up has died of head trauma. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. It just like I, when I finished reading this, like, oh, this, okay, so this, this is how this run's gonna go. Yeah. Okay. Quite a cliffhanger ending there. It's just pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, this is a very, very pretty run, and I think uh, also most of the artists uh, have also been pretty good. But it's, I mean, it's very hard to live up mm -hmm. to the standard mm -hmm. Chichetto sets for for the other artists because he's amazing. It is really. He's been. Uh, he's done like shorter stints on daredevil um previously mm -hmm. and uh this is i mean i just knew he was one of my favorite daredevil artists uh, going in so that's been that's been a huge um uh, thing about this run that it is very it's gorgeous 
Um, and it is kind of dark and muddy, but in a way that's still it's very, all the lines are very clear yes. and, uh, <laughs> and it's uh, just the right amount of detail too. I just love it. Yeah. But um, I will agree with Shelby that, uh, which is kind of sounds like kind of a bummer, <laughs> but the first issue is remains my favorite issue of the run. And there are a lot of like really nice scenes and events and, and, you know, developments that happen after that mm-hmm. too. But uh, the first issue was just, uh, you know, a slam dunk for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the issue itself, I mean, first of all, yeah, it's beautiful. It, you know, it shall be mentioned. It's got that amazing cliffhanger ending. It's got uh, Matt just coming off everything that had happened in the previous round, which I, you know, I would just openly say I was not a fan of at all. Actually, there, were, there was that mini in between the runs that mm-hmm. that started as when after Matt is hit by truck and he his recovery that I thought was actually pretty good. Um, it was. It was. Uh, which really, yeah, so that really worked for me. But he's, you know, sort of coming off having been in this accident. Uh, he's taking painkillers. He's trying to sort of find himself. He even picks up this woman in a bar, which I kind of love that he did. I've always me been too. the one that, that where people, when people call him, uh, like, you know, uh, a man slut or man whore or whatever. Uh, I've never really agreed with that because I think it's such a, I mean, if you do look at his, the number of like, you know, brief sexual encounters during his entire run since 1964, there are not that many. It's like, it's not that high above the median of like, you know, sexual encounters uh, that a man (laughs) his age has had. I mean, honestly, like I, I actually looked this up once because I was so annoyed by people like, oh, he's such a man whore. I'm like, well, you know, there are <laughs> men who like, honestly, probably sleep with like 100 women a year. Matt is not. He's more like a relationship whore. Yeah, yes. he's he's a serial <laughs> monogamist, which yeah. I think is, a, is an important <laughs> a distinction, word. even though he, he did cheat on his wife once. But, but oh. you know, enough about that. But he does kind of go to bed with this woman he barely knows. And, and I love how he's like raw and vulnerable and everything. And I also, before I, you know, give this back to you guys, also wanted to mention is that there's there's like a brief backup story at the end uh, of the issue. It's got like on the left-hand side when you open the page, it's got everything as we see it. And then on the other side, is like sort of a, a rendering of what Matt experiences, which uh, I, as someone who's like a census dork, really, really appreciate it. There are some things that, of course, um, don't actually work. Like you can't distance sense temperature that way i know that's now become a thing because it was in the show and it's kind of been transferred to the comic but it really doesn't work that way but you know you'll have to read my book that comes out eventually in like five years to see why but uh, <laughs> but it's uh but aside from that i thought it, it it did a really really a good job of sort of uh showing the difference between how mad sees the world and how the, the reader sees what's on the page so huge kudos to chip for that uh, and I also would say before we go into like the, the looking at some of the other issues that the first couple of first couple of arcs of a comic, like say the first, you know, eight, nine, ten issues or so do actually feature a lot of the stuff that I usually like to have in my uh, in my Daredevil comic, which is paying attention to the senses and everything in a way that uh, lives up to my my high standard. And then I feel like that's kind of slipped, which I think is a bummer, but we might return to that. Anyway, uh, Casey, what's the first issue that you wanted to talk about? Oh, I was going to also comment on number one. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and Let's you talk about, about it all day. Let's talk about it all <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> just like reading number one, I'm so glad it just went straight into the conflict. We didn't have to wait for it or wait for it to build up. You know, I'm just reading number one and it's like, okay, well, here he is taking pills. 
And then he's, you know, swallowing it down with a drink. I'm like, okay, okay, well, you know, we, we all got our vices. And <laughs> and I'm like, that's, you know, not good for your liver, but whatevs. I'm not a doctor. And then he picks up the woman. I'm like, all right, whatever. You got to do your thing, dude. And I mean, he just had a life and death experience being hit by the arch nemesis, the truck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the truck is the worst arch nemesis in all of Daredevil's history. That's true. I will die on that hill. <laughs> then he goes out and i'm just like wait a minute dude dude you you just took pain pills with alcohol and hooked up Mm -hmm. with a chick Mm -hmm. most people are very tired at this point (laughs) yeah ready yeah (laughs) go to sleep (laughs) okay you're not gonna go to sleep i get it and then he has to do his thing and he's got to stop that that burglary and process and as soon as I saw the panel with the guy hitting his head, I was like, oh, no. I didn't say, oh, I no, know. but I'm trying to make this family friendly. And then, you know, finding that last panel with him laying there in bed and it says, you know, he has died from reported head trauma. I'm just like, oh, Chip, right? what are you doing? Oh, my God, I need the second issue now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. And, and the week after um, this issue came out, he came to my local comic store and – I was just like, oh, my gosh, you're really going for the Catholic guilt. And he goes, so much Catholic guilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I see it how it progressed. I'm like, he was so right. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that this mat like immediately felt like our mat on the show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too far yeah. removed from that. I, that's, I think that that was fun. Another thing that reminded us of the show is also the first few issues where the Punisher featured. Oh. And um and Matt running around yes. unknowingly in Punisher's t-shirt was uh, oh come on Matt kind of fun. <laughs> what did you think the Punisher was wearing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to. Although I guess he maybe he doesn't know that he's got a skull on his shirt. Like maybe yeah. not. I sure. didn't notice. Knows? Is what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can. Uh, that was that, great. The painkillers. Um, so that was pretty funny. But um, if we want to move ahead a few issues, I think the next one. Uh, that you had a moment or like a theme from was number uh, nine, Casey. Yeah. I really enjoyed the opening panels with Reed Richards uh, from mm-hmm. Fantastic Four and, and their chess match. I loved the symbolism behind the chess match. You know, you have the scientist and then you have the, the religious follower and they're playing their game. So Matt asks Reed, does God exist? And Reed's seen everything. He's been everywhere. He's fought just about everything. So, you know, he's a little shocked. You know, where is this coming from? And of course, like, you know, Matt's talking about, you know, being a lifelong Catholic and almost dying. You know, he really is having a crisis of faith at this moment. Not only did he almost die, he killed a guy. And, you know, Reed goes, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of science, talks about the things he's seen. And the line that he says, well, I suppose the question then is, is your faith in the interpreted word of God, or is it in what God has taught you, the moral center he's given you? And I was just like, oh, way to be deep there, Chip. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ends on Queen to B5, checkmate. And I'm like, checkmate indeed, Chip. <laughs> As a lifelong Catholic, I'm like, oh, thanks, man. And Matt's still like... So what are you trying to say, Reed? Yeah. <laughs> like, just like, excuse me, I have to go get my Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that again, that is very, very show-like. Like, that, that seems very like our yeah. Matt. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would say, though, that uh, one thing that what Reed Richards says in that scene reminds me of is this fact that uh, I know this has been mentioned by other people before, that it's, it's kind of interesting to um, view religion in a universe where, like, literal gods exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we have, you know, sort of the the world religions from our world that are intermingled with like Thor existing and like uh, the Watcher and Galactus, and I mean, it's it's uh, we've got this interesting kind of blend of like like our world religions and and all these other things that do exist. So it's it so considering that Reed mentioned like, oh, I've been to the afterlife, so it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, that makes it a little bit a little bit different from our world, but but it's kind of interesting. So I guess um, the the stone cold scientist side would be much more open to like weird things existing that we can't measure anyway. So that I mean, that would be kind of an interesting way to look at what what Reed is talking about. But yeah, I think that was really good. I really enjoyed that scene too. Yeah. And of course, uh, the next issue is where um, Electra shows up. Oh, talk about that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Electra. I love how Electra shows up just to make Matt feel worse. You know, (laughs) the question even more. Um, This is I like this because Matt um, has just like been an absolute like idiot in the police station. And has revealed himself to be Daredevil in front of his client and helped Cole North. And it's just, it was a very, like, poorly. It was it was a mess. Like, a bad fight, everything. Like, he's he gets makes it out onto the roof and, you know, Electra shows up and it's just, you know, what are you doing? Barely able to fight. You know, they immediately, like, proceed to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> like, they do. <laughs> And, you know, like, you're, you know, you're here you are, you're having this identity crisis, you know, Daredevil was stupid, but you're still trying to save people. Okay, you're going to do that. You're an idiot. So I'm your new stick. Yeah. After this, we get like, what's the next issue with the hotness again? Marco comes in and like draws them like training together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy that. Anytime Electra shows up just to make more of a mess of Matt's life, I'm, I'm there for it. I love Electra showing up at the end of that. I wasn't yeah. expecting it. I really no. wasn't. I really thought he was just going to be on that roof like, well, glad I got out of there. Okay, bye. You know, <laughs> and then Electra shows up. I'm just like, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Electra's appearances in this run have been really super solid, actually. Uh, she's a very difficult character to write. She's a difficult character to get a solid grasp on because she's been written so differently. And she's always, especially with a character that's like meant to be super mysterious. I mean, the downside to that is that you're sort of like, who are you besides being this sort of like, you know, iconic sort of mystery woman that shows up and, and you know, comes from her like mystery assassin background where she's you know a ninja assassin (laughs) and it's like it's hard to find uh sometimes that where she intersects with like a regular human but i think we do we get to see a lot of that here and there's a lot of sort of this teaming up buddy-esque kind of thing that they go on uh later in the run which uh, also parallels nicely with the show that's quite enjoyable although i have some some kind of issues with some of the details in that but i'll i'll get back to that (laughs) yeah it's it's like she shows up and matt has to forget what his his, like self you know he's so self-absorbed right there in that moment and has to go wait a minute why is she here what does she want she's got to have an ulterior motive yeah but of course she gives every indication that she knows right away who he is i mean when she says how so how do you see through that and then he's got mm-hmm. like that the shirt tied around his head. yeah exactly which is a valid question and actually one he should take to heart maybe 
Yes. <laughs> it's like to other people, like it's like if they can't see your eyes through it, they're going to wonder, you know, just like a helpful hint right? there. Yeah. When he showed up at the diner with Cole and he's got all that whole outfit, like his face covered and a cap yeah. and a hoodie. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> the waitress thought he, she was about to get robbed. <laughs> if we're going to just sort of move on, I had uh, one scene or I guess it's actually most of an issue is issue number 12. That's got a lot of nice stuff in it. It's uh, got this first part of the issue is about how Matt and Foggy together save the fake Daredevil who's been running around, who is mm. now being held by dirty cops. That and I love how Foggy is involved in that and how they do it together. And it's like they have a plan and, um, yeah, I like I love how they do that. And then also, of course, that then goes on to like erupting into this huge fight that, of course, also features Elektra and is super beautiful and, and just like spot on, super nice fight scene to look at. But actually, the one reason I wanted to mention this issue in particular is what's happening over with our uh, good old friend Wilson Fisk, who is, of course, now the mayor of New York, and how he is at uh, the uh, Stromwinds mansion. And of course, the Stromwinds are a couple of weird-looking siblings. (laughs) Uh, And they are sort of ultra-rich, and uh, Wilson's been invited to their mansion, so he's going to have, if it's lunch or dinner, and remember with them and uh, and some of their other associates, uh, sort of elite. And you've got all of like Fisk's insecurities kind of showing up here. Mm-hmm. And also they're not afraid to like mock him for being like a very obvious ex-villain, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And... You know, and he's uh, he's talking about how he's now in in you know into spices, and of course he's also into like legal marijuana and everything. That's a whole story in itself. But but I I love you know the scene just kind of leading up to this extremely intense ending where he beats a guy to death in the bathroom. Ooh, that's brutal. It was brutal. And, and honestly, yeah, it is so brutal. But honestly, it's rare that you actually read a comic where it's like you can feel your heart beating faster. Yeah. And then, and it was like such a shock. It's like, what the F? You know, you're just reading that. And it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's a, it's an insanely intense issue. And, and of course, it, it's like at the end, he's just kind of standing there with like blood everywhere. And it's like, you know, and just like, Pin to people, that's a, like a really, that's a faux pas. When you go to a fancy party, you do not kill any of your fellow <laughs> fellow guests at the party, which even even uh, uh, Fisk would know that. Not gonna lie, he, he deserved it. <laughs> like I could, that's, yeah, in that moment, you feel like everything Fisk feels, you feel it like yeah, taking up. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't wrong though. Yeah, no, he wasn't wrong no, though. No. It's like everything he mentioned was like, yeah, that's that, that checks out. So, which is, of course, like real life, because it's always like, you know, when people say things about you that are true, uh, and you know them to be true, and you're kind of embarrassed about them, that always hits you harder than if people are making stuff up that aren't true. So, yeah, so that was a pretty intense issue. I think the next issue after that, he talks about how he felt like a scared little boy again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it made me think yeah. of like, keep kicking him, keep kicking him. Yeah. You know, in the show. Yeah. That was actually one of my favorite episodes in the, in the first season, which is kind of weird how it's like, it's the, the Fisk centric one, but damn, that was such a good episode. And the kid who played like uh, young Fisk, what an amazing yeah. actor, super right. intense. So yeah, you got some of that intensity back. And it's also, it's also nice how he's like portrayed as, it, it it does, you know, on the surface, it's pretty stone cold to like kill someone with your bare hands. But on the other hand, only a very passionate person would yeah, do that. Human. So it's, it's very the, like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. human. 
I um, also had some thoughts on issue number 15. Okay. Where the first part is, and I uh, I also want to hear your, your guys' thoughts on this, um, where uh, Matt shows up at Foggy's office in like a new outfit, like he's got the <laughs> black outfit. <laughs> and he's like, so Foggy's like, so are you back to being Daredevil? It's like, no, this is different. It's going to be different this time. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm not Daredevil. Daredevil was like sloppy and unorganized and whatever. It's like, we're yeah. not thinking, no, not, not really. But it's like, it's different now. I mean, is that the one where at the like he reveals he's got pouches? He's got the pouches. Yes, he's got the comes in with like a whole outfit, you know, that looks like he looks like he he's like some special agent or something. And yeah. and and Fog and he and, and Matt's like, no, 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 I'm not back to being Daredevil. So so it's like you're doing exactly what you were doing as Daredevil, but you're doing it in like a different costume, and you find you feel like you have a slightly different mindset. Yeah, how is this better? How yeah. is this? But but it is funny though because it's like it reminds me of I mean Matt has had so many like identity crises over the years, and mm-hmm. even it also kind of reminds me of the very first issue of Daredevil way back in 1964, and how he considers everything that he does. Uh, ask Daredevil as somehow separate from himself. I mean, that's the way he can, he promises his dad never to fight. So he doesn't right. fight. Daredevil fights, but it's still yeah. him, but he's got a mask. And this feels like it's like a, a, an additional layer on top of that. A third like, I'm the new, Yeah, I'm like the new and improved Daredevil. So it, it's like, it's different. And I'm not calling myself Daredevil. So it's totally different. And Bog is like, uh-huh. So yeah. what did you guys think about that? You know, the second that Matt left Foggy's office, Foggy just went, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, what an idiot. Again. Here we go yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's just, it's kind of funny how, and how that totally works for him. Like, in his mind, that works. That's, that's legitimate, you know? <laughs> well, sometimes you so. need to compartmentalize to get through things. Oh, yeah, he's all about that. That's like the <laughs> core characteristic. Uh, but anyway, uh, another thing I just kind of want because I mentioned I was going to bring back some stuff with uh, teaming up with Electra a bit is that the whole thing that Electra doesn't know who he is. And one thing that I feel like this doesn't work as well as it did like in the 60s and 70s, the notion that he could spend serious time with someone on patrol or in his regular life or whatever, and they wouldn't discover what his very obvious weaknesses just makes no freaking sense to me no sense at all like in the show you had that sequence of or like the, those scenes where matt and electra team up and they so obviously know each other's strengths and weaknesses like he will listen for some for something she will look for something and they know that like you have that classic scene where he goes into where they're looking for the ledger and he sits back in his office chair she gets to look at what they're looking at he knows he can't do that meanwhile he does something else that she can't do but all of that also kind of, I mean, it presupposes that they know that about each other. Whereas like there's this scene in, in, in issue 15 where like he and Electra go on patrol and like go stake out a place together. You know, she's looking through her like little goggles yes. and everything and he doesn't. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So she, even though she doesn't, presumably doesn't know who uh, that Matt and Daredevil are the same, she does know about Daredevil's like what he, his heightened senses, obviously. So she's not supposed to know that he's blind and not at any point does she like hand him the goggles and be like, you want to have a look or what do you like? And and the thing is like this, this for me is like one of the biggest plot holes that comes along with the way that the continuity is set up right now where like nobody is supposed to know. And a lot of that is like some of these people are people he's like spending serious time with. I mean, you have no idea if someone's going to come up 
where like there's something super visual about a scene and like the other person's like oh so what's your take on this and he's like uh you know like that realistically would happen like all the time if you're like spending serious time with someone and here we're supposed to like pretend that that never happens like he's not even worried about that he doesn't even think about it so that's kind of why i loved i know you guys want to talk about that too where she writes his name on on, like the shower door but i also wish that when we get to the end of the run and she's like so and he asks her like oh how did you know that she would have said like Matt, it's obviously it's obvious yeah. to me that you don't see everything. I would have loved that for that to be like a thing because yeah. it's such an obvious thing that's like never freaking addressed. It's like a huge elephant in the room. That's like it's 2020 or 2021 now even. Like this is like this is not 1965. You have to freaking deal with this. <clears throat> so that's my rant. Okay. Yeah, it, it does <laughs> I'll, seem I'll like she would, does seem like she would just walk up to him and like rip that shirt off his head too. Yeah. <laughs> like it seems like that would be like something a lecturer would do. Because yeah, yeah, didn't she make a comment during that the like stakeout thing? Like you were the only one who could do this job mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. I mean, she's, she obviously would know that he's got heightened senses if she, even if she like doesn't remember that this that they're the same, but that that it comes with a territory that she doesn't know that Daredevil's blind and she wouldn't discover that really quickly. It's just like it just doesn't work for me. I just interpreted it as Electra just humoring. That's him. what I was just saying. Yeah. Maybe she's just playing with them. Like to- it's like a toy to her. Oh, and I, I, did- I totally think it is. But it also the fact that Matt thinks he can get away with it it's also like is yeah. he that stupid or is like his sort of lived experience not taught him that there are things out there that he literally can't see and he won't even know that he can't see it and that's like to quote was it donald rumsfeld like there are known unknowns and unknowns <laughs> <laughs> kind of an odd quote in here but i mean like he would know that there are known unknowns to him he would be so hyper aware of that that he would no, going into a situation with someone else where they're going on like a stakeout together that he might reveal himself. The fact that he doesn't even consider that is just, it is a, a weakness of the narrative to me, sadly. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go back to the soul run and remember how they like lift things. Like she couldn't remember and really thought she had a kid, and, but I can't remember how it was lift there. I think there was a Defenders, there were some in the Defenders run. By that time, she knew that he was Matt and Jared were the same, which is why I know a lot of people were telling that Chip, this run came out, that's like, oh, but didn't she already know from like the Defenders stuff? Yeah. And he was so, like, just wait, just hold on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. get there. Yeah. Okay. I'm handing, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> leaving the floor open to you guys. Um, I really love number 20. That was the big action packed issue with the fight in Hell's Kitchen. The scene that I loved the most that reminded me of the show, and it was just, you know, foggy, even if he's annoyed with Matt, will always have his back, is when Foggy brings Matt Daredevil, uh, his his billy clubs, and he gives him that little pep talk before. (laughs) I was just like, Foggy, I love you. I know, I might have (laughs) cried. I might have, like, teared up during that, because that was so sweet. And then Matt's in the zone, and he's, you know, when you're good at something and you get into that zone and he's able to just block all the bullets with his billy club from bullseye and gets closer and closer and closer i'm like my heart is pounding i'm like he's gonna miss one (laughs) and then he ends up you know disarming bullseye and everyone runs away it was just a great issue and then with him and and fisk teaming up to save bell's kitchen you got the mayor and the vigilante (laughs) and it was just overall a great issue. It was, once again, beautiful because it was a Marco. 
issue. Yeah, like normally, right? Don't you find yourself when it's an action-packed issue like, eh, I want more story. But this one, I, d- I was like, oh my God. Like you are invested in the fight. Don't get me yes. wrong. And Matt does find a way to like be talking in it. Don't when his whole like, what does he say when he goes to fight Bullseye? When he figures it out, like when you know every possible, like mm-hmm. it's easy to win the fighter. It's easy when it's with someone who d- who never misses. Misses. There it's you go. Misses. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, that and and d- d- this issue too, where a whole town like comes like we are Daredevil mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that was also like very powerful to me. I like it that. It was so the sad town. when when fake Daredevil died. It is. <laughs> like this action-packed issue brought the feels, like ah, uh, all the feels, yeah, all yeah. the feels, and all the detail, all the detailing to it. I think that's also what made the experience so rich. Is that yes. there's like there's so much going on that you get that almost like cinematic experience. Mm-hmm. And then of course we have all the stuff happening in uh, on the legal side with uh, issue twenty-one, which was also another one you wanted oh. to talk about, Casey. I'm really glad that they brought in the Supreme Court case from Soul's Run. I mean, that was kind mm-hmm. of hinted at at the like one of the first couple of issues, I think with issue two, about how Foggy said he could turn himself in, but it wasn't official. And then he went over to the DA, Hotch- Hotchberg, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and they ended up, they, they worked it out, but Hotchberg was like, no, I need to know who's under that mask. And I was like, oh, oh no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't, cause uh, cause it could screw up everything for you, dude. <laughs> and then he takes it off, and then Hotchberg yeah. is just—he rightfully pissed. That was his employee, you know, who could yeah. really screw things up for the uh, justice system. <laughs> and that's also really the only reason he doesn't divulge, you know, Matt's or Daredevil's identity is that he knows yeah. that they all of their cases would have to be thrown out and retried yes that that matt's been involved in yes and if you were keeping count on how many times matt has been bitch slapped during this run we were up to two yes because <laughs> mindy, yeah, mindy mindy yeah. slapped mindy. him first and now we good have the da mindy. good old mindy well he needs a good slap <laughs> and, and this is the, always he needs to be slapped in every issue yeah. i think <laughs> This is where Kirsten shows up, right? Yes. Ah, Kirsten! I love her so much! We've been waiting for that. Yeah. I wish she had slapped That was so great. Our buddy shows up in this issue, too. Yeah. No, but we love, we do love Kirsten. Because Matt's like, what did you do, Foggy? Why? Yeah. How could you do this to me, Foggy? To me. You know, it's all about Matt. How could you do this to me? I'm heartbroken. Um, you're not the dumpy. You are the dumper. You're not the victim here, Matt. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what Foggy said, and you're not the victim here. And of course, I, it also is kind of, he deserves it for just still keeping her in the dark. Like, she thinks he's there to defend Daredevil, not knowing that Daredevil and Matt are like the same person, which uh, which is also kind of ironic because she, when she first appeared in the Wade run, that was like her stick all along was that she mm-hmm. was so sure they were the same person, even though his identity was kind of in an open secret kind of thing. But she was so convinced that they were one of the same and that was like a thing uh, during that whole run. Of course, he you know eventually kind of confesses that too. But I mean, now she doesn't know um, at all, so she doesn't realize that that's Matt. But then, of course, we do have uh, this other person who shows up. Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! I do um, feel like I should take like part of the blame for this, or you know, I, I say blame. I know some people are happy 
this happened. So I'll take that too. I'll take both sides of it because um, I was one of the people during um, Soul's run. I was reading a lot of his Inhuman stuff. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Inhuman that he created called Reader, another blind character, I was like, oh my God, I can't be. They got to meet up. Reader has to meet up with Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. And, you know, it happened. And then, you know, Reader uh, brought Mike back. So. We get a whole issue. We get a whole Daredevil annual mm-hmm. about Mike Murdoch. And um, yeah. I was like, I don't know this at all. But the second, when I read through this again for this podcast, I was like, okay, Chip has almost made me feel bad for Mike. But also, I don't know if I want to care this much for Mike. But Mike's running around and he's saving his money because he apparently does not like having all these gaps. He knows he's just like a shell of a person and has no memories. So... He's trying to use the magics to, like, um, see if it, what he can do. See if he can, like, make himself, I, I guess that's his goal, is make himself a, a, a real person. And he does through the help of Black Cat and a magic rock and a magic book. And we get this whole Mike Murdoch origin story. And um, it was a good story. It was. I just want to know how you guys, like, feel about it. Well, I think the story itself is, like, as an alternate universe kind of story would be as, as fine as even strong if, if I mean if you read it that way if you do read it as I mean I I'll be honest when I first heard about this I was livid uh, were, I was yeah. just yeah I was livid I was really like f you upset. I was I was very upset I know I wasn't the only one um I'm still sort of like it I mean I'm expecting leading for this to somehow be reversed because it's like, I don't appreciate this level of screwing with continuity. It changes so much. And for what? You know, like, it, it's stunty to me. And I, like, genuinely don't like it. However, for the purposes of this particular story, and if we do imagine that this is like a temporary thing that gets undone, I mean, if they can undo everything else, stuff that didn't even need to be undone. Well, it's going to come with fallout. It's it's definitely going to come with a fallout and a price somewhere yeah. along the way. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, 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 yeah. But one thing I, I did think, though, that it explained, because we're, you know, another thing we've been talking about is like, does this mean that Mike is, quote unquote, a real boy with... And that the history about himself that he remembers is the actual now reality. Yeah. Um, and while it would seem that way, there's also, um, if we want to do the whole like splitting of realities and stuff, there's a couple of kind of caveats here that we need to keep in mind. The first one is that Mike knows that he changed reality to get to where he is now. Like he remembers, it's not like he doesn't remember stuff before he touched the stone and did the whole, you know, journey back through his memories. Um, he remembers a time before that. Uh, so that is something that did happen in this reality. And also, if everything that he did was sort of like would cause past reality to actually genuinely change, that would have all kinds of ripple effects that would also change the present to a greater extent than it than it has. So I think that one thing that could have happened is that, like, is Mike a real boy in the sense that he's a real living flesh and blood character right now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And could those memories that he has, are they in some sense real? Yes. And also, of course, Matt now also remembers him as his brother. On the other hand, they're living in a universe where other forces have made people have fake memories about him. So Mm. it is possible that as part of this reality altering, like 
the reality altering happens at that point in time and forward, but it may be that it hasn't actually changed things in, in the past. It's just made it appear that way. And that's a fine distinction. I think on superficially would appear to be the same thing, but it's not actually the same thing. It was just sort of like a create a kind of, you know, imagined lived experience that they both remember and they carry that with them going forward. But but yeah, I would just expect that other things to have changed too. On the other hand, I mean, you don't usually see the most nuanced handling of these kinds of split reality types of things anyway. So I may be totally wrong, but I think that's actually something I can imagine. I'm here for me- for Mike being a real boy and messing everything up for Matt because I love the drama. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm torn. That's where I'm torn. I love things messed up for Matt too. I just I'm like Christine. It just messes with my head too much. Yeah, if I started thinking about it too much, I was like, I can't. My brain's gonna break. I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? Let's. Let, I'm gonna. I'm gonna read this out. Let's do it. Let's do it, Chip. <laughs> my, Mike's a real boy. Come on. And I was. And I was kind of like sad the first like read through because I like the idea of Matt being like really stupid when he created like this all you know mm-hmm. this alternate personality and that being just part of Matt's like what we talked about earlier this split personality thing of I'll just create this person this person and making Mike real just sort of messes with all that yeah but he's also kind of created um through this new reality uh he has by if Mike is a real boy to the extent that he was a real boy, even as a boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I mean, he's a real, he's a yeah, real right. living, breathing person now. Boy, what I mean, if he was real boy, back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that also be, wouldn't he have undone himself? Because in that case, Matt never would have made up a twin uh, to cover his ass as, as Daredevil and then written about it, which would then have been what Reader read. So he has, you know, undone his own creation. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what this means. <laughs> See how it You're messes with my mind head? over here, Christine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't create a fake twin brother if you have a twin brother. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't. Maybe you yeah. just created a new personality for the twin brother. Because that. Because another thing. Remember that. Mike doesn't know that Matt and Daredevil are the same. So if he back right. in the '60s when he created Mike as a cover. For that to work with a real Mike, real Mike would have to be in on it. Unless he's also recently forgot uh, after this whole like memory thing that they did during the Soul Run. Um, but then again, that happened before. Yeah, he, he was created. Was created. Like, yeah, he, I, he was created after that. So there's like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of plot holes here that I am expecting to be addressed. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and we so. do get we also get in this issue um, the introduction of uh, Fisk's son. Yeah. And then working together. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot so of what? ways yeah. this could go. And Mike, you know, we after Mike appeared and Mike's a real boy, we were like, ooh, is Mike going to get to be Daredevil? Is Mike, what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, he's already got to be Matt. So that's happening. He's yeah. Have to go to prison. Yeah. That was one thing I was wondering. Is this going to be where it, end up, it ends up being just as in when Mike first appeared and wasn't a real boy, you know, way back when, that that helped Matt out of an identity find kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That might end up happening here too. And we may get another Mike Murdoch must die issue, which was actually the name of an issue. 
<laughs> yes. back in the day. Um, so, uh, I mean, maybe he ends up uh, in, in prison instead of uh, Matt, even though we have seen Matt sit in, in a prison cell. Maybe, you know, something there. They have to, like, that's why I'm, I'm, kind of on, I'm kind of on board with this for what they're doing with it right now. But I just hope we, we get a resolution where that's a little more elegant than what we have right now. But we'll uh, I think we're um, starting to get to the point where we need to wrap things up. But I know, Casey, you wanted to talk about um, where we leave off. Yes. The, the last issue. Yes. Our new daredevil is Electra, and I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Not yeah, I am too, actually. And, yeah. and if you think about it, there's she's really the only one that could do it. Like, it's true. It, yeah. You know, she understands Matt and, and Daredevil in a way that nobody else would, even as the former lover. and Especially she, right now, because nobody mm-hmm. else knows. Like, she's yeah. the only yeah. one who knows the secret. She, you know, has... Train, they both trained with the same person, so she gets it, and I, I'm really looking forward to it. And I hate that we had to wait eight weeks. I'm dying. (laughs) And I'm just like, how long can Electra keep this up? How long before like Electra comes out of Electra as Daredevil? Yeah. But speaking of Electra, she, uh, she introduces this other concept that we were kind of curious about that the force that before the chase, the force in the world that, uh, (laughs) that was sort of the counterpoint to the hand was called the fist. (laughs) It feels like it should be the foot. Of course, that was already <laughs> taken by the, the Ninja Turtles. Ninja so Turtles. I know. I guess that was taken. <laughs> well, I think maybe that's... Uh, do we have any other closing remarks or is that a wonderful, just kind of uh, weird way to end things? And we never talked about Cole North. No, we didn't. We should do that. Totally. I love him as a character. I think he's very interesting. Yeah, I do too. I love his conversation with Spidey and how you, you can kind of look at him and be like, he's starting to change his mind on things when he was man-napped. Uh, yeah, talking about um, Cole no- North, I love this character so much that I hope that when our show gets revived, Cole North is on our show. That's what I hope. Yes. I just yes. love everything that he's done with the journey of that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such a great character. I agree. So um, before we end, maybe we should just cover some of the things like open questions we have for the future and our thoughts. So Casey, you want to go first? I want to know what happens with Joe Carrero, uh, Leo Carrero's brother, the one that died in the first issue. He knows Daredevil's real identity. Is he? What's he going to do with that information? Ooh. And mine's, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of like you on the same thing. I don't know, like, will we see Mindy again? Have we just witnessed her origin story? Yeah. Will that, she come yeah. back? Will she figure it out? You know? Possibly. I mean, he's been kind of reckless around her, uh, the way he uh, saved their family when they were being shot at when he was there for dinner. Nice family dinner. Um, yeah. And then we had the other one where we were wondering about which one of Matt's exes that Mike slept with. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure that's something that's going to be solved in the future, but it might. But I was thinking it might have been Karen because that's um, not that because she was also dating Mike when Matt was pretending to be Mike back in the day. See, in my head, somehow I want Electra to have just like messed with him. Yeah. Somehow. (laughs) (laughs) For whatever reason. Yeah. That would be fun. I like, uh, yeah, and I also, like, I don't know if we talked about this. How can Foggy be Daredevil's lawyer when he's his lawyer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. And then, of course, we have the whole thing with, with I'm not going to talk too much about the fist again. They're obviously preparing to do something big with that. I hope it's not going to be another, like, 
Shadowland kind of experience, even though I, I didn't hate Shadowland by any means, but it was, uh, I think we've done the whole like Matt leading a, a ninja cult um, before, but if there's a different twist to it and there's this whole, like they were talking about how only the king or the queen could survive, or maybe that will also involve like Mike somehow, maybe he will. He would be tossed in there as like a sacrificial king <laughs> or something. Yeah. So that's an interesting question too. Be. Um, and I hope somehow out of all this, we we do get the typhoid Mary like answers we won't. Yeah. Yes. We need them. Because she was gone for like a long, long time before uh, she showed up again here. So maybe some backstory on that. And um, uh, I wonder how Foggy is going to, how he's going to handle Matt being in prison and and really what happens with that. There's so many unanswered questions to look forward to. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. And uh, to anyone listening to this, uh, if you have thoughts of your own on what we've just talked about or stuff we haven't talked about or comics in general and stuff you maybe want us to cover, let us know. And, you know, we love your comments and feedback. And we are Renew Daredevil on Twitter. And we are uh, Save Daredevil on uh, most of the other platforms we're on, including Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We have, like, awesome video content. We have stuff from um, the um, online Comic-Con, Save Daredevil Con, that we uh, uh, hosted this summer and or this past summer. And uh, we have other sort of exclusives, like um, Talk Daredevil minisodes, uh, that you may want to check out. So we recommend that. Anything else you want to add, guys? I think that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So That was fun. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Talk Daredevil. Visit your local comic book store and pick up Daredevil 26 by Chip Zdarsky, Mike Hawthorne, and Marco Cicato. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.